If you're interested in learning how to lucid dream, then you've probably stumbled across some of the many and varied lucid dreaming products on the market. The list is almost endless. You have lucid dreaming pills, lucid dreaming devices, lucid dreaming workshops, lucid dreaming boot caps. It really is quite a minefield out there if you're not sure what, what to expect. Well, in today's podcast, I want to walk you through some of the pitfalls and benefits of lucid dreaming products and hopefully help save you a little bit of your hard-earned money. I'm Daniel Love, the Lucid Guide of thelucidguide.com, and I'm a sleep and dream researcher and lucid dream teacher. And as you can imagine, over the many years, I've seen lots of lucid dreaming products, so I'm well-placed to help you decide whether or not they're worth your time and effort. So let's jump straight in to one of the most prolific forms of lucid dreaming products, and that is the lucid dreaming machines, the lucid dreaming devices. Now these are a bit of a mixed bag and definitely normally a red flag. I would highly recommend that if you see lucid dreaming devices, you take a moment to step back before opening your wallet. Now the idea is simple. It's a device that monitors your sleep and then will send a signal to you during your sleep that will hopefully be incorporated into the dream and then, in an ideal world, cue lucidity. Now that's a great idea and it's a very, very compelling idea. It was first explored by Dr. Keith Hearn uh, back in the 80s and also followed up by Dr. Stephen LeBerge with his Nova Dreamer and Dreamlight devices. And since then, there have been a lot of clones on the market trying to cash in on people's urge to solve the lucid dreaming riddle with technology. These devices come in all shapes and sizes, and there's a lot of variety out there. But the most common of all are the sleep masks that monitor your rapid eye movement, and then when they pick up on that, they'll signal you either via light, sound or vibration, with the idea that that signal will enter and be incorporated into your dream, reminding you that you're dreaming. So for example, if the cue is light, you might see sunlight reflecting on a lake in the dream. And hopefully, if you've trained for that, you'll then recognize that you're dreaming. So this was the idea behind the Nova Dreamer and Dreamlight by Dr. Stephen LeBerge. And many people copied that as it was the first to market. Dr. Keith Hearn, on the other hand, with the world's very first dream machine, used electric shocks as signals, and thankfully, not many people have tried to replicate that. Other varieties of lucid dreaming machines follow roughly the same principles. Firstly, they establish whether you're in REM, and then they attempt to signal you. Now, the varieties tend to be mostly in how they establish whether you're in REM. So some are wristbands, which are looking to pick up on subtle changes in heartbeat. Uh, some are headbands that are looking to monitor brain waves. The list goes on and on, but the idea is basically the same. And for a beginner lucid dreamer, the logic behind these devices seems pretty sound. It seems very compelling. The idea that you're going to be told you're dreaming when you're dreaming by a piece of technology, why wouldn't you have lucid dreams? But sadly, it's not that simple and certainly not that effective. Most people, when they use these devices, will find one of several things happening. Mostly, 
the device will queue you during REM, but the queue will go unnoticed. Because the main problem with lucid dreaming isn't that you need to be reminded that you're dreaming, because dreams themselves are full of ridiculous events that should cue you into recognizing that you're dreaming. What is missing in a non-lucid dream is psychological clarity, and a device simply can't give you that. Something which is also very common with these lucid dreaming devices is that they'll simply either misfire, cueing you when you're either awake or in non-REM, which just disturbs your sleep, or they'll cue you during REM and wake you up from the middle of a dream. It's and in these cases, they become really an expensive alarm clock that you've strapped to your body that you end up really growing to dislike. Most people who buy these devices wear them for a few weeks, find that they greatly uh, reduce the quality of their sleep, and then they end up gathering dust in a drawer, part of the regrettable purchase, uh, bad decisions from your past. But to add insult to injury, the majority of legitimate scientists who originally worked with these devices and generally left them behind because they weren't very effective, no longer do so. So the market has been taken over by savvy business people, and more often than not, con artists who are looking to make an easy buck off of people's naivety. Now, certainly for the past decade, the majority of these devices have come about on crowdfunding sites such as Kickstarter, and sadly, many of them never even make it to the customers. They've been advertised as the next best thing, people throw often several hundred dollars at them, and then nothing arrives, with no way to get your money back. So when you see these devices, be very, very careful not to be pulled into the, the hype surrounding them, because I can guarantee you that at this point in in history, technology and the understanding of the human brain simply isn't to a point where we can influence dreams with technology to any meaningful level. So lucid dreaming devices are not a solution for regular lucid dreams, and more likely than not, they will simply ruin your sleep pattern, often leading to insomnia and very groggy, unpleasant days following their use. Now, Alongside lucid dreaming devices, the same principle is available in lucid dreaming apps. Now, these do exactly the same thing using your phone as the sensor and as the stimulus. So you'll leave your phone generally on your pillow and it will wait for you to move around and judge and guess when you're going to be in REM and then signal you normally with some kind of alarm sound that you've pre-recorded, normally a recording saying you are dreaming. But the same issue applies to these. They're far less accurate, uh, not that accurate really matters when they don't really work, and generally you'll just end up with disturbed sleep. If you're interested in this approach to lucid dreaming, then it makes far more sense to try the apps, because generally they're either free or just a, a, a couple of dollars, but you'll soon learn that they even that couple of dollars was wasted. Another very common lucid dreaming product, coming from a very different angle, are lucid dreaming pills, generally marketed as lucid dreaming supplements. Now, this is a very wide range of products because supplements can mean almost anything. But before we get into the meat of supplements, let's take a look at the concept of supplements themselves. Now, if you want to be 
a little bit finickety. Supplementing your diet with something kind of implies that your diet should have that thing. You can't supplement something that was never meant to be there in the first place. Something that wasn't meant to be there in the first place that has an effect on your body would be a drug. Now, this is important to bear in mind because many lucid dreaming supplements are actually drugs. They are not you giving your body a boost in something it needs naturally. Now, that's worth bearing in mind before we delve into the, 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 the details with this. Now, another thing that's very important to remember is that supplements, at least in the US, are not regulated. They do not have regulating bodies such as the FDA to check that they're safe for public consumption. Supplements sidestep the process that drugs would go through, and instead it's not unless there are reports of them causing damage that governmental bodies step in. So when you're buying supplements, and this isn't just for lucid dreaming, this goes across the board, you're actually taking a bit of a gamble because you don't know whether or not they're safe to use. When it comes to lucid dreaming supplements, the majority of companies that sell and produce these are very small, often bedroom operations. And the supplements themselves tend to be produced in factories overseas, often in China, then shipped to these small businesses who sell them packaged nicely with a nice flashy website. So again, you're, there's a lot of risk involved when you're buying these products. But are the principles behind lucid dreaming pills sound? Well, that will depend entirely on what's in them, because there's a huge variety of different things that could be included in your lucid dreaming pill. Now, the vast majority are based around chemicals known as acetylcholine esterase inhibitors the two most popular being galantamine or hupazine A. Now, bear in mind that galantamine itself is a drug used to treat Alzheimer's disease, so it's quite a potent chemical. And hupazine A is essentially almost identical, only it's less regulated and has been used less in medicine. So without wanting to get too sciencey, acetylcholine esterase inhibitors such as galantamine and hupazine A work by making sure that your brain's levels of a neurotransmitter called acetylcholine are high. Now, why do you want that? Well, acetylcholine is used for clear thinking, memory formation, that sort of thing. The kinds of things that are required for a lucid dream. Now, during sleep, Acetylcholine can be broken down by something called acetylcholine esterase. So an acetylcholine esterase inhibitor is inhibiting that process, therefore your acetylcholine levels remain high, and therefore your psychological state and your mental clarity remains closer to that of waking. So lucid dreaming pills based on these substances do have science behind them. They are effective. But Remember, you are messing with the very fine balance of the neurochemistry of your brain, using unregulated chemicals from small companies that really, most of the time, don't know exactly what they're selling, or the science behind them, what they're selling, and don't tend to ask too many questions when you buy them. Certainly, 
If you were to try to buy galantamine in the UK or to import it from overseas, you would be breaking all number of laws because galantamine in the UK is a regulated drug. It is a prescribed drug. So this is what we're talking about. We're not talking about vitamin C here. We're talking about something that doctors prescribe to people suffering from Alzheimer's disease. It's not something you want to take lightly. In fact, absolutely do not consider any lucid dreaming pill without first discussing it with a trained medical professional. And of course, there are very many other substances that can be in lucid dreaming pills, from herbs to you name it. There are all sorts of things out there which people claim have a positive influence on your dream. What I would say, I would, I would recommend avoiding any of these products for your own health. Remember, they're unregulated. The majority of people who are selling them have no idea of the science behind them. Often they're blending things together that can have negative interactions. You might be developing slow buildup of toxins in your body. It simply isn't worth the risk. You can learn to lose a dream without any of these substances. Why put the beautifully uh, refined machinery of your brain at risk when you can learn to do this naturally. It's, it's bonkers to do so. All that is needed to be a lucid dreamer is a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle, and that should give you the neurochemistry required to learn to lucid dream naturally. You may want to consider taking a multivitamin just to make sure everything's as it should be, but that's probably as far as I would go when it comes to recommending any kind of substance for lucid dreaming. And finally, let's take a look at the many and varied workshops, ebook boot camps, and those sorts of products out there. Now, pretty much everyone and their dog is selling some kind of course or workshop or retreat wanting to teach you how to lucid dream. Now, this is where it gets a little bit confusing because there are many elements to look at here. Of course, going off on a, a workshop with other interested uh, would-be lucid dreamers is quite a thrilling experience. It's a great way to meet other like-minded individuals. It's certainly valuable uh, for those reasons. What I would say is normally these courses tend to come with a certain level of hype and exaggeration. Here you need to err on the side of caution when it comes to hype. Lucid dreaming is certainly a fascinating state of mind and well worth exploring and experimenting with, but the reality of the subject rarely lives up to the hype and marketing that surrounds it. And if you look at almost any of the courses available out there, whether they're real-world workshops or online boot camps, they make all sorts of claims. They imply that lucid dreaming is some kind of spiritual achievement, or that it's an evolution of the mind, that you will spend... Re recapture many lost years that would have otherwise be spent in uh, non-lucid dreams, which is almost true, but not quite true. The average lucid dreamer who is having, or the, the above average lucid dreamer who is having regular lucid dreams nightly, 
would even then still probably at maximum, if you average it out over a year, only be having, say, 20 minutes a night of lucidity, which whilst that adds up over, over the years is less than most people's lunch break. So you need to be very careful with the claims that people are making. If someone is selling lucid dreaming to you as if it's a cure-all or some kind of a badge of honor, uh, and they, they're they acting as if they're somehow great for having lucid dreams and you can be great like them if you pay lots of money to go on their course, then probably stay clear. Uh, there are lots of free dream groups in most major cities where you can go and meet like-minded uh, dreamers and lucid dreamers without having to throw very large sums of money at this. The reality is you can learn to lucid dream essentially for free. It's available to all. Certainly, I taught myself to lucid dream from scratch with no help whatsoever. So you don't need to put in all that money. That said, and obviously I teach lucid dreaming myself, so um, I can't be completely against it, there is benefit to have a guide and uh, a source of motivation with this subject. So if you can find a teacher that you respect and a teacher who is honest about this subject, who can hold your hand and help you avoid common pitfalls, then you can get to a state where lucid dreaming will be relatively regular for you and it does have its benefits. So it's very hit and miss, essentially. Uh, avoid hype and look really for those who approach this subject with realism. Because lucid dreaming is essentially a fascinating state of mind, but it's a tool. And that tool is only as useful as you decide to make it. The truth is that lucid dreaming is a wonderful, free state of mind that you really needn't throw a single penny at. And unfortunately, a large number of products out there can actually be detrimental to you uh, rather than help you on this journey. It's a difficult one to judge, and you have to use your common sense. If people are overhyping this subject, and I know that's hard to establish when you're when you're new to it, but if something sounds too good to be true, then it probably is. If someone is offering uh, claims that lucid dreaming will make you a better person, that's absurd. We're dealing with a unique psychological state that can happen by mistake and does happen by mistake to many individuals, but can also be induced. How you use that access to your mind once you have it is down to you, but it certainly doesn't imply anything beyond that. It is consciousness and dreams added together. Everything else, any other claim, is generally hyperbole. So use your common sense when, when you go to open your wallet thinking to spend money on lucid dreaming because most of the time you won't want to and most of the time you'll actually be potentially taking a risk in doing so. Hopefully that's given you a little food for thought and will save you some pennies and disappointment down the road. That's it for today's podcast. I'm Daniel Love, and I'll see you in the next episode.